0: So this week, I was thinking about some of the parties that I had when I was younger. And I don't remember exactly which birthday it was, but for one of my birthdays, I had the absolute sweetest birthday cake. It had a figure of Hulk Hogan on top, tearing his tank top. Remember, Hulk Hogan, he was the one that said, take your vitamins and say your prayers. He was an evangelist. And then when I was 15 and got my learner's license, I think for the very first time, mom made a blueberry cake. That is my absolute favorite. And I don't know if I was just super skinny then or if I just had on a t-shirt that was way too big, but that picture is like the skinniest that I've ever looked. And then we had a wedding here Friday. After the wedding, what happens? Yeah, I know some of you think about pictures and others you think about honeymoon, but right after, it, after the wedding ceremony, there's a party. The reception is a party where you're surrounded by all those people that are there to love on you and celebrate you. So when you really think about it, some of our most special, some of our best memories involve a party. And the biggest party in all of Scripture happens in Luke 15. Now the first two verses set the context for this. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to Him. The Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So the religious people are arguing and complaining and grumbling. And so what does Jesus do? He tells some stories to better explain the heart of God. He tells three stories. One, about a shepherd who loses one of his sheep. About an old lady who loses one of her coins. And then about a father who loses one of his sons. You know the story, the story of the prodigal son that the younger son asks his dad for his inheritance. And at this time and in this culture, this would be a slap in the face. It will be very disrespectful. In effect, the younger son is saying to his dad, Dad, I want your money more than I want you. Your money means more to me than what you do. And the whole town would be gossiping. And the father would be heartbroken. But the kid takes the money and runs. Why? Because he thinks that he can find a better life on his own. One where he has freedom. One where he's in control to do what he wants. Is it just me? Or does this story... Sound like our testimony. Doesn't this sound like the story of our lives? And then today we're going to look at the older brother. So when the younger brother returns, the older brother is upset at how the dad welcomes him back and celebrates. So we're going to start reading in Luke 15, verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. Coming in from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, what was going on? The servant replied, your brother has arrived and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he received his son back safe and sound. Then the older son was furious and didn't want to enter in. But his father came out and begged him. And he answered his father, Look, I've served you all these years and i never disobeyed your instruction. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this this son of yours returned after gobbling up your estate on prostitutes? You've slaughtered the fattened calf for him? And then his father said, Son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate And be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So we see the older brother is upset. He's upset because the way that he sees his life, the way that he views his world, he has slaved away his life. He thinks he's been close to perfect and followed the rules and checked off all the boxes. Why is he upset? Because his dad is showing kindness to his younger brother. We're a Methodist church and we're all about that grace. you know what grace is? Yeah. Grace is something that is unrighteous. Deserved, And as we look at this story, the hard truth is that the son didn't see his dad as a father. The son saw the dad as a slave driver. And the sad part of this story is that while he's been physically close to his dad, emotionally he's been miles away. Now the older brother he didn't run away but he's been distant and as we read the bible we have to ask ourselves which character am i who do i relate to and so for us today we have to ask is this us is our relationship with our heavenly father is it cold because in church It's so easy to just get in a routine and go through the motions and try to do your jobs because that's your task. And then you just go on autopilot and you do the same thing year after year because there's no one else to do it in a small church. And it's so easy to just make it routine and you have no heart in it. And then there's a big danger that if you're good at doing what's right. It's so easy to become proud and to judge those who ain't good. Or maybe we just feel guilt and shame every time we fail and we just feel exhausted trying to be on all the time. Is this us? Because isn't this why the older brother sounds like frustrated? But remember, why is Jesus telling these stories? To better explain the heart of God. And so as we look at this story of the two brothers, of the two sons, I want us to see there's more. The sad thing is that neither of the sons see just how good their dad really is there's more to their dad than what they saw. They didn't see how loved they were or how kind and graceful and generous and faithful their dad was. And why is Jesus telling the story? Because so often we do the exact same thing. And Jesus is explaining what the heart of God is like. There's so much more that they That we haven't seen. God is so much more than rules. God is so much better than what we can imagine. And the truth is, God is so much better than the God you grew up hearing about. God is so much better than what you've already seen and experienced in your life. Take a step back. I'm 35 now. So I don't know how many days I've been alive, but I know tomorrow the sun's going to come up. That doesn't surprise me. But what still surprises me is every time that I'm awake to see the sun rise, just how beautiful and how amazing. And how that's such a holy moment. It reminds me of the book of Job. You know, the book of Job, you've got Job and his three friends. And there's all this philosophy and theological ideas that are going back and forth. And questions and accusations and praises and curses. And then at the end, God finally speaks. And do you remember what God does? God doesn't give an answer. God asks questions. And basically he says, Job, you can't even begin to comprehend. We can't even begin to comprehend how good, how great, how loving, how merciful our God truly is. Now, so often whenever preachers preach this story, they call it the parable of the prodigal son. But if you go back to verse 11, Jesus said a certain man had two sons. Who's this story really about? Yeah, the man, the father. So let's look at the dad. After the younger son packs up and takes the money and runs off, and after he hits rock bottom and decides to go back home, what's the first thing we're told about the dad? The dad sees his son while he was still a long way off. Now, is the dad angry? No. What do you think the dad feels? love, compassion. But there's more. The dad runs to his son and meets his son right where he is and embraces him and kisses him. And the son starts his apology. And every time I read this, because I grew up listening to country music, I think about that George Strait song. A father's love is a love without end. Amen where it goes, I got sent home from school one day with a shiner on my eye. When I got home, I told that story just like I rehearsed. That's what we see this younger son is doing. He's been rehearsing his apology, and he starts his apology and he says, Dad, I sinned against I've sinned against you, and I'm not worthy to call your son and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry. But there's more the dad sends a servant to go get a robe and a ring and sandals and to get the and calf ready on the grill and they celebrate. And what's this? It's a party. Why? Because his life is changed. He's home. Now, verse 25. Watch what the dad says. Does with the older brother. Where's the older brother at in verse 25? Yeah, in the field. He's outside and he's angry with his dad for showing grace and taking his brother in. Now, why is his brother, why is the older brother angry? Because he thinks he's been the perfect kid and he's followed the rules. And maybe, just maybe, he thinks this little brother is fooling his dad or taking advantage or playing his dad one more time. But what does the dad do? Maybe you've never noticed this before. The dad goes out and meets the older brother This is the most beautiful short story ever told and written. The dad goes to both sons. This tells us that our God meets all of His children right where they are. But there's more. The dad wants his son to come in and to go to the party. Why? Because he loves him too. But there's more. This is my absolute favorite Bible verse. I think I could just read this to you for 15 minutes, and it'll be one of the best sermons you've ever heard. Verse 31. And then his father said, Son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Hear that one more time. Son. You are always with me. And everything I have is yours. The good news is that our God comes to us right where we are. But there's more. If you're like the prodigal son and you're searching for a better life, and you're restless, and you're empty, and you're broken, and you're tired, and you've tried everything, the good news for you is there's more. Jesus is more than enough. If you're like the righteous brother, and you're tired, and you're tired of always trying to be perfect or you're tired of trying to live a highlight reel and you're tired of never trying to fail or you're tired of trying to be someone that you're not. Or if you worry about if God still loves you. If you wonder if God has ever loved you. There's more. God's love endures forever. We'll never know how much God loves us. Do you worry about if you've messed up too much? Or if God can, or if God will forgive you? There's more. God's mercy endures forever. There's no end to God's grace. In this story we see the moment that we turn to God and begin to search for Him, He meets us right where we are. Because He's already been there. Son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. The good news, the great news is, God invites us to His party.